Hi, this is Keith, and you are listening to The Volume Knob, the songs that saved your life. This week, James and Farewell Transmission. For as long as I can remember, I've been a firm believer in the idea that we have two families. The one we're born into, and the one we choose. Having friends who are as close to us as family can be the greatest gift in the world. These sort of friends can open new doors for us. They can challenge us and help us grow. It's such an important thing, especially for folks who may not have otherwise won the genetic lottery. But what happens when we grow out of those closest to us? When the people who helped us get to where we were are the people who might stop us from getting to where we need to be? James's story is about that sort of relationship with a woman, and to a lesser extent, with the song that saved his life. I'm James Irwin, I live in Toronto writer and a songwriter and a college teacher and the song saved my life is farewell transmission by songs ohio james was first introduced to songs ohio in the spring of 2013 the flowers were in the trees and james was in love so the music i experienced it for the first time in just this very vivid time when literally magnolias were falling off the trees at the time. So for me and my inclinations, it was just sort of like everything was alive with poetry and it was kind of this Chase Molina poetry. So that whole year, really, it was just about that for me. And it kind of helped me pinpoint a lot of stuff that I was trying to do my own art and it kind of uh, connected me to a lot of the things that were going on inside my gut and heart that I had not previously known about. Though the love he felt that magic spring did not last, James's relationship to the music of Jason Molina flourished and grew. It was part of a greater search that James was making for his artistic identity, a search he had started years earlier in another relationship. Catherine started as James's music teacher and went on to become one of the most significant relationships of James's life. The thing that I think about it getting is back when I started, basically when I started playing music because uh, I had started writing songs and I met Catherine and she was at first a friend and she invited me and my other friend Ruby into a choir that she had started. And we started singing in her choir. Uh, Catherine and I started getting closer. She started giving me piano lessons as well. After a series of complicated twists and turns, 
James and Catherine fell very much in love. And my relationship to her was very much about music. And she kind of became a musical mentor, I would say, and also just sort of when I was I was trying to figure out sort of how how, you know, what, what was in me, like, uh, what kind of songs I was trying to write. And at first she would, I would play them for her and she would say, you know, yes or no. She would say this one's perfect or that, or just no. Um, and that was the kind of way that she was. She had kind of an uncanny, you know, at least, or at least an inclination to just follow her instincts entirely, which made her a very credible artist. And so that relationship went on for quite a while. After it ended, um, her and I remained close. Unfortunately, Catherine had issues with her mental health, which put a strain on all of her relationships, including the one she had with James. Catherine's uh, eccentricity intensity, which made her such a interesting and just like powerful artist when she was young and often everyone loved that about her. And as we all kind of got a little bit older, she was both being alienated by others who needed to take a step back from kind of self-destruction, I think, that it felt like to be living that kind of way. And she... Uh, was, was also pulling herself away, and so she had become quite isolated. She's a very difficult person to be close to. And it became such that at a certain point for my own mental health, I sort of had to step back. As James retreated, so too did Catherine. Uh, I had a high school friend who started a wilderness survival school. Through me, I guess she found out about it and ended up going out there to live for, I think, about six months. Essentially, the idea was to get out of the city, simplify life. You know, she lived in a tent and I think try to just uh, get healthy, you know. From my vantage point back in Montreal, it was unclear whether that was happening or if it, if it was further isolating her. Uh, so some of us were worried about her, and we went out there to visit, or you know, mostly just to visit and spend some time, but also I think for me it was just to sort of check in, see if everything was okay. James sat with Catherine around a campfire. The two of them caught up. James shared his excitement about Songs Ohio. The next day, the whole group took a road trip. So we drove, we got in the car and we drove up to Georgian Bay to go swimming. And it was a really sunny summer day with kind of the, like tall uh, white clouds. I remember, and we had the windows open and Catherine said, put on that song um, that I had been talking about. So we put it on, and she was just like louder, louder. And uh, I vividly remember listening to Farewell Transmission and watching her, uh, watching her in the back seat with her head back uh, and eyes closed, and just totally absorbed. The real truth about it is the real truth.
truth about it is, no one gets it right. No one gets it right. finished she said again and it and I know that's what we you know we listen to it again and look at very full volume and it was so like um, perfectly Catherine to be that and like, she didn't it was it was like we were really just having fun and but she was listening with this intense thing like it was the that was the only thing in the world That complete focus and intensity didn't end when Catherine, James, and their friends made it to the bay. We all kind of went in um, a little bit where normal people swim in free, freezing water. We just kind of went in a little bit, swam around, got out, and Catherine kind of uh, she in those days would wear she had a dress that she wore for years like I think at this time it was a different one but when I dated her which would was about two years all told like she kind of wore the same dress every day um, and then when she when that dress wore out she cut it up and made other things out of it uh, and at this time she was just wearing pretty sure it was just kind of black and white sundress and she didn't uh, put a bathing suit on her and she just got in the water in the dress and swam way out and floated on her back and the waves were quite large actually and I remember being it's the same kind of thing about watching her listen to the music like uh, it was so intense and like it was beautiful uh, the way that she didn't care it was freezing and that she swam so far out and she just floated there and you can see her kind of like experiencing uh, just like bliss it looked like you know but also it was scary I find it easy to imagine Catherine out there on the bay floating on a line between beauty and menace it's an image that became a focus for James in the months that followed. As he watched her floating on her own, James had to make a choice for his own good. His friends and collaborators in Montreal had an uncompromising approach to making art, which he found corrosive to his well-being. He felt like he was being absorbed. So he left for Toronto to go back to school and to write a book and to struggle to get things back into balance. During that period, Catherine had moved back to Montreal. James had heard that she too was working on a book. As was her way, she threw herself into the process completely and uncompromisingly. She became isolated, withdrawing from friends, until one day James got some terrible news. I guess it was the end of my first year. Toronto just went low. So spring, again, early spring, and I heard that Catherine was missing. 
It was clear to me, it was clear, I think, to everyone what that meant. The, the worry right away was that she was gone, you know? It was very early spring, it was in April, it was early April, and she had been swimming in the river in Montreal, in the St. Lawrence, like nightly. She had been in and out of the hospital at that point, and like a lot of people had a difficult relationship with the drugs they wanted to give her and what kinds of stuff they wanted her to do. And my understanding of it was that she would swim in the river to, to feel. The water would have been ice cold. So she'd been swimming and kind of explaining it to people as like, I need to do that to like, to feel. A bunch of us, we essentially started searching uh, by the river and that went on for about a week, I think. And then eventually she was found. Catherine's body was discovered on May 9th, 2016, about a month after she was reported missing. She was 33. There was a memorial at, you know, proper regular one with her family and everything, and, and then uh, several of us also just organized like a concert in, at, the, at the plant in Montreal, and everyone played songs of hers. Now the whole place is when she died, I started playing Farewell Transmission in every time I played a concert. I was just um, uh, channeling her, um, or, or you know, communicating to her, sort of. And so it was obvious it was like i had a deep relationship to a lot of her songs but that one just seemed much more important so what i did was at the concert was had a we just had like a giant band um with all of her friends and played it you know it went poorly (laughs) it like i messed up i forgot words but it was obviously like a an intense experience and it kind of, you know, it's hard to tell in, in the end, like what, when the the connection between the song and her, and her death, and also the sort of imagery that Melina uses, like what led to what connection. But really, that's kind of it. It's like when she had died at the memorial, singing the song, that was like they're forever fused. It was kind of like. Um, in order to get to my relationship to her, he was this sort of intermediary. Go to go back to the beginning, like the when I first heard the music, it was spring. The magnolia trees were blooming, and I was in love. Like the the magnolia is this big, beautiful, lush flower that dies immediately. It, it just sort of it begins to die right away. So. I think that's the story. James Irwin's most recent record is called Star's Blue Wheel. But this is a song from his previous record, Shabby Town. It's called Sweet Light for Catherine. Come down, come down, 
Thanks for listening. The Volume Knob is a weekly exploration of personal stories and the power of music. It's produced by Semlevin Audio, and it's edited, written, mixed, and hosted by me, Keith Seri. You can follow the show on Twitter at VolumeKnob1, that's the number one, and on Instagram at volume underscore knob. My thanks to James for his time and his vulnerability this week. I want to thank him as well for sharing his songs with us for use in this week's show. In addition to Sweet Light, the song you heard at the end of the program, you heard two more tracks from his most recent album, Stars Blue Wheel. They were Long Black River and Marfa Lights. You can get links to more information about James's work and his Bandcamp page by going over to www.volumedob.net and reading our show notes. You can also sign up for our mailing list on the website and get more information about the program. Finally, I want to thank Kate for her 30-second review of Farewell Transmission, which may well have benefited from a little bit of a home ice advantage here in the Surrey household. So, what'd you think? Uh, growing up with it, I like it because I like the boom, boom, boom part, and it's just fun. What do you mean growing up with it? But like, you've been playing it for me and Miles since we were like four or five, roughly. I don't know, but I know growing up with it that we were growing up with it. Mm-hmm. And what's, what's your favorite part of it? The part where it goes, bam, bam, bam. See you again next week for more of the volume knob and more stories about the songs that saved your life. <laughs>